Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Ben Hanani. I am the host of How Do You Do Podcast, a weekly podcast where I ask guests from different fields about their creative process. And now we've expanded to Clubhouse, where we do weekly conversations like this one every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific. And it's been fun to have old podcast friends and new friends come together on these panel discussions. And then we'll go into a Q&A later in the conversation as well. So... First of all, I'll introduce our guests for today. We're joined by Jordan Benefshea, the founder of the digital marketing agency IcePop. Before IcePop, Jordan worked in product at Veroshop and Tinder. Hello, Jordan. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining us. And we have Sasha Pascal, the founder of Racket Club LA. And before Racket Club LA, Sasha worked at Chrome Hearts. Hi, Sasha. Hi, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> No worries, no worries. And last but not least, we have Nicole Peltier. Nicole is the namesake behind the LA-based catering service turned wine shop, Nico Small Market. She's also the Director of Global Sourcing and Production at FabFitFun. Hi, Nicole. Hey, Ben. Excited to be here. Thank you. Happy to have all of you. You are some of my favorite founders, and you've launched some of my favorite businesses of the past year. So this is a real treat. And just a reminder, this is going to be recorded for How Do You Do podcast. So we'll we'll uh, include all of this as a bonus episode on the feed later on. So if you do come up later to ask a question, just know it'll be part of the broader recording. And I'd love to start by asking the three of you, what inspired to start your business um, I know you guys were coming into a lot of uncertainty just by starting your own business. And of course, you hit more uncertainty throughout COVID. But at the at the heart of it, I would love to know what the inspiration was for all three of you. So I started Rocky Club in 2019, the summer, and as the mood board account, because I had this vision of a tennis brand for a more modern, diverse audience. And I just started like curating the pictures. And then I really started wanting to make apparel right after I quit Chrome Hearts um, a month before the pandemic started. And then that like really it was eye-opening to actually like want to create this brand in the midst of such uncertainty. And it was such a dark period personally. And I was like, I have such a strong vision of what I want Rocket Club to become. So there's no better time than now to just really throw myself into it wholeheartedly. And so I started the first drop that June of last year. And that, and it all, all kind of snowballed from there. Cool. Um, I can go next. So we um, started Nico Small Market in November of 2019 was when we officially decided to um, buy our little truck from Italy. So we were very blissful and naive and had no idea that COVID was going to um, hit the U.S. as it did. Um, we... We knew it was going to take about three to four months to build in Italy and then be imported here. So we were expecting it here around April or May. Um, and then fast forward a couple of months, uh, we quickly realized <laughs> what was happening here um, and probably picked the worst time ever to start an events-based business. But it was already happening. So we, we rolled with the punches. We got the truck here from Italy. It got here um at the end of april as sasha mentioned like really in one of the darkest times of the pandemic um super lockdown so we ended up just 
putting it in storage and kind of waiting it out and pivoting and opening this kind of like virtual wine shop to kind of keep up with pandemic times, if you will. But um, definitely a little bit of a shift from our original business model, but excited that we did it. Awesome. Um, so I was working at an e-commerce company and when the pandemic happened, I started seeing, uh, you know, a major shift in the way people had to purchase things because everything was locked down. Um, and at the same time, a lot of different people in the LA community. Um, and so more and more people started asking me for help, um, to see how I could help them kind of grow their online presence and shift more of their business online while the lockdowns were happening. And, uh, I decided to leave right, you know, towards, I guess maybe the second or third month of the pandemic when the lockdowns were in place, decided to leave Airshop and started my own agency. Uh, and now we're one year later and working with a lot of different brands in every single category from software to cosmetics, skincare, apparel, you name it. Uh, and it's been an amazing ride. It sounds like all of you to some varying degree have had to adapt to the changing circumstances of the pandemic. Nicole, yours seems like the most dramatic example because you clearly had to pivot in a new direction. And it's been very exciting to watch as a consumer because I got to experience your wine shop and I might not have experienced the event side of your business until much later, but I have been able to enjoy this new pivot you've gone into. So I'd love to hear, starting with Nicole, how you went about pivoting and just mentally, what was that like to persevere through something so challenging on top of all the other challenges that come with starting your own business? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great question. So um, it definitely wasn't the plan at first. Even when the truck got here in April, we were thinking like, oh, you know, this won't last for more than a couple months. We'll just push out the launch party, um, which was originally planned for May. We'll push it out to the end of the summer and you know, we should be good to go. And then, you know, months are passing by, closures are still very much a real thing. So at that point, I kind of took a step back and I was like, look, we have made massive investments here on the truck and also on our liquor licenses. And we're fully licensed to serve closed bottles, open bottles, etc. because we're catering um, and fully licensed. So I was like, why don't we, we have to, we have to do something to like take advantage of these licenses that we put so much time and effort into it took us almost a year just to finish all the the paperwork for the liquor licenses and so i was like yeah what can we do like as, as jordan mentioned like people were changing the way that they were buying things people weren't going out at all people were afraid to go to the grocery store and everyone had like gloves on and all this other ppe so i was like how can we kind of take our concept and shift it in a way that could work for this time. Um, and it was delivery for us. So, you know, we started our delivery model much simpler. We were like, oh, well, we'll do it really simple. We'll do three cases of a week and have three different wine options. And it'll kind of be like a wine club. You get the same, you get three bottles every week and we refresh our curation weekly. And then as like our buying grew and as our customer base grew, I was like, well, three bottles isn't really enough. Like sometimes people want to buy more. Sometimes the three bottles that I choose for you might not be the three bottles that you want that week. So we decided to grow the curation a little bit more. It still refreshes every week, but we're up to about 20 to 30 um, selection wise. So we're not like a full blown wine shop in the way where you're going to walk in and see hundreds of bottles. It's still very small and curated. We focus on 
only winemakers that you know I've talked to that that I feel connected with that I know that I feel really passionate about their wine so we keep it small for now we'll see what the future holds but yeah that's kind of how the the pivot changed had to had to change to keep up with the times for sure so yeah I guess for me it was you know like a big career change I was working at a e-commerce company again that was seeing the benefits of the pandemic from like an e-commerce perspective um and we were putting out some really amazing numbers you know we had had to put a blog post that we're doing seven figures in revenue um once the pandemic had started so for me it was definitely a big change because i'd worked at Veroshop so long building the platform building everything and then we were finally launched and spending a lot of money and growing really aggressively um, and then to kind of leave that safe environment, the job with a well-funded startup to kind of start my own thing was definitely a big leap. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, in the agency world, it's a client facing job. And so not being able to actually meet any of your clients in person was an interesting way to start off an agency, but we've been really, you know, lucky. And I think some of the benefits that have come out of starting the agency in the pandemic is you know, I've been able to find really talented people all across the United States to to help us, you know, as graphic designers, video editors, um, copywriters. And I don't think I would have been as open-minded to working with people all around the United States if it wasn't for, you know, the lockdowns and the pandemic and all that. Um, and so that's really worked in our favor. I think we've really been able to attract some really good talent we've been able to win over some really big clients even though we don't have a fancy office like some of the other big agencies and and it's been it's been really great also nicole i'm like fascinated by this wine cart i need more details immediately after this (laughs) Um, yes i'll tell you all about it (laughs) i'm like very excited this is like my love language (laughs) um my biggest pivot i guess was when i initially started it was unisex apparel which is a dime and a dozen nowadays you can go to any fast fashion or instagram brand and you're inundated with it which is exciting and fun but i realized my personal pivot was kind of an educational and inclusivity angle with beginner players intermediate players and advanced players so i wanted to add this angle to racket club that like one part of it was for people that were further away but loved the sport and wanted to get into it. I wanted to give them ins as far as advice, whether it be through product or actual tips and tricks. And then the other part for on the more local end of it was I really wanted my bigger picture is to build a strong group of players that kind of brings, especially since we've all been so isolated and separate. I loved the idea of tennis as a whole is a sport you can play far away from each other, but it's also a very connected sport. So my biggest pivot is trying to build out Racket Club to be an actual club um, where I can bring in players of all walks and all backgrounds, country club or not, into this kind of new world um, of kind of, like I said, the country club aesthetic, but for everyone. So that's my biggest pivot at the moment. I want to touch on this community building aspect because I think it's something consistent across the three of your brands that you all do really well. And I'm curious, you know, Jordan, I, I know you have the digital marketing background, so so you have the SEO tips and tricks that maybe you can share with us in a moment. But in general, I would love to hear from the three of you what you think you know you've you've been able to attribute your success to when it comes to connecting with an audience when you haven't been able to 
you know, necessarily meet people in person. What are, what are the things that you have found work for you when it comes to establishing that strong connection with your customers? Vanna, you can start us off with like the tech stuff and then we can get into the, the less tech stuff with Sasha and Nicole. Sure. Um, I mean, I have a lot of respect for people who, you know, spend more time on the brand side than the, you know, performance marketing side like I do, just because the best brands we work with are the brands that have really strong communities, really strong perspectives and voices. And so, you know, that's obviously how I found Racket Club because I thought the page was awesome, the community was awesome. So the brands we work with tend to be similar uh, in that nature. They have strong communities and we're trying to grow those communities and see how far we can push them with performance marketing. You know, in terms of, you know, what we do on our side, we're obviously testing different audiences, we're testing different creatives, trying to find that right way to communicate with, you know, people who haven't heard of the brand and find similar people. But on a more personal note, like one thing I've been trying to work on myself is developing our brand as an agency. And so, you know, first started off with trying to post, you know, our best ads on our Instagram, putting out case studies. And more recently, this past Sunday, I actually started my own newsletter where I'm trying to share more about what we learn on our side about the Shopify world with merchants and investors and, you know, other people who are interested in the space. So, you know, even as a performance marketing person, I, I think I'm trying to learn more about, you know, the things that Sasha and Nicole probably do much better than I do, which is building a really strong community, a really strong brand and uh, helping us kind of grow from that perspective as well. Yeah, that's cool. I think, I think for us, our whole, you know, original business model was like, we want to bring the wine that we love to gather people to, to events. And so when that was taken away from us, we were, we were faced with the challenge of like, how do we, how do we foster a community in the pandemic when we're not able to like meet and talk about wine? And a lot of the things that I used to do pre-pandemic, like I used to host a lot of tastings um, where everyone would bring their own bottle of wine and we'd all like, there would be enough to go around for everyone. We'd all talk about the wine and you'd end up, depended how many people would come, but say 12 people, you'd end up being able to try 12 different bottles of wine. And that was something that I always really wanted to do with Nico, so then having to be creative around finding a way to build community without being in person was definitely a challenge. I think like what's worked for us is we're always at the forefront of our brand. We are your delivery drivers. <laughs> um, so we do get some FaceTime with our customers limited and with masks on, obviously. But, you know, we've been able to like see all of our customers in person, talk to them about the wine a little bit when we're dropping it off get their opinions, get their, did they like it? Did they not, not like it? What what was it that they didn't like about it? And, and build that into our next curation. So I think really just taking like, listening to them and taking their feedback and always putting it back into our brand has worked for us. Um, and then also just being like super authentic. I think wine can often be a little intimidating and people feel like they have to talk about it in a certain way and say certain things about it so that they're, they feel like they're educating everyone in the room but to me like wine has always been really casual and and just been about like having fun and having conversations with the people I love hanging out with and so that's what we really wanted for Nico so the way we talk about wine is also really approachable safe pressure-free zone and I feel like that's kind of worked for us too as we continue to to build our following I guess the biggest thing for the community building was 
I kind of pandemic induced, I didn't really want to socialize with as many people. So putting product and sending it out to people that wanted to share the photos, like I very much wanted to have forward facing the actual active people within kind of the community I was building, showing off the brand versus putting it on models. I kind of wanted to group that into it and, and push that like the sport and this brand is for all walks of life from all aspects of the world, but yet we're all still drawn back to this page as a community. So that was really important to me. And then also just the aspect of like life after the pandemic. Part of the whole Racket Club ethos is this exercise, but not too serious, have fun with it. Even if you've never grabbed a racket before, you can join this club. If you're an expert, you can join this club. And I just really wanted to drive that home kind of with like comedic relief. And I don't know, just it, 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 it's kind of snowballed into all these different people from different walks of life. And somehow naturally they gravitated towards the page. And then once they found the page, I was able to keep them there kind of through humor or asking them questions. I answer every single DM that anyone sends to me. And I just feel very strongly that as a small brand, connecting to the audience that you have is like integral to success or having them feel strongly about sticking around with you since the market is so saturated as a whole. That's one of the things I've definitely appreciated quite a bit about Racket Club LA was you you actually bring yourself into the brand. It feels like a, there's actually a human behind it. It doesn't feel like this faceless entity to the point where, you know, when you put out a story saying, hey, I'm coming to LA if there are any club members who want to hit with me let me know and you know that's how we ended up first playing tennis and then Jordan came and now we you know when you're in town we we love trying to organize doubles or whatever the case may be so it's that's something I really appreciate is putting a face to the brand and I think all three of you have done that really well you know when Nico's small market I think oh who's Nico and then I realize oh that's Nicole and Nicole's the one dropping off the wine and I think with Ice Pop it's very clearly your baby Jordan so it's been fun to to kind of engage with your brands on a very personal level in that way. I would love at this point to invite any listeners to come up. If you have any questions, just feel free to raise your hand and we will call you to the stage as we as we wait for a question. Oh, we already have a question from Maddie Mayo. Maddie, welcome to the stage. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Oh, these are all my favorite people up at one time. So... You guys all know that I'm, like, super fans of, I mean, Nico, you know. You know I'm a super fan. Um, I guess my question is, what is what is this next step look like for you guys? Um, obviously, we are exiting the pandemic. It's feeling, like, very hopeful with the vaccine. So what are kind of your next future steps in terms of, I guess, integrating back into normal society with your businesses? Are there... Are you going to, you know, you know, now do that launch party, Nico? Are you going to, you know, Sasha, meet people in person and do and actually play tennis with everyone? So what are what are those plans that you guys have for, for post pandemic? Great question, Maddie. You know, I'm a big fan of Caucasus as well. But yeah, I think for us, we we want to get out there on the event side. You know, that was our original goal. We put so much time and energy into licensing up to do so. Obviously, importing a truck from Italy has its challenges, but I wanted to do it that way because I wanted something unique, something that you can't find here as often. And I want to be able to, to take that truck out and share it with people. So we are full steam ahead, trying to do events starting September, pending 
vaccine rollouts. We're feeling pretty confident that we'll be able to do our launch party toward the end of the summer and get everybody excited about the track. And then hopefully we'll be hitting up some weddings, corporate events, et cetera, around town. So we're excited for you guys to see it out. Very similarly, I'm just counting down the days until the world resumes. I'm so excited to see people again and put people back together. Absolutely, the biggest thing that I'm interested in is what you kind of mentioned, Maddie, is like an actual physical club-type atmosphere. Maybe not a physical space, although I am very lucky. I have a court that both Ben and Jordan have come over to, and I would love to have more people come over and have kind of like little mini tournaments. And at the same time, I'm kind of building like a little black book of players. I mean, locally, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles, but ideally at some point, I'd love to kind of gather this place where people can find like-minded players and it kind of just steamrolls from there. Um, and I'm just so excited to get all different types of people back out on the court. Both plans sound amazing. Um, on our side, you know, I think we're trying to take our agency to the next level. We're trying to bring on more people to our team, probably finally get an office and work with people in person, um, which will be refreshing. And also, you know, there's going to be so many new campaigns that are going to be coming out from all these brands about, you know, getting out and going out and not being stuck at home. And, you know, I think we're really excited to start working on those campaigns for our clients. And, you know, I think the next year is going to be a very interesting one from like an economic perspective. I think people are going to be traveling. I think people are going to be going to restaurants a lot more than they did even before the pandemic. So I think consumer spend is going to go up a lot. Although retail is going to be opening up, I think e-commerce is still going to keep growing. You know, I think the out of door experiences, like the out of home experiences are going to get a lot of consumer spend, but you know, people have become reliant on e-com and that's going to continue to grow and they're going to want to buy new things to go on new adventures. Um, so I think we're really excited about that. You know, this change in uh, pace, this change in season and supporting our brands uh, however we can to get that message out that they have a lot of great stuff that people can buy and do and get back to a more, you know, interesting, fun lifestyle, you know, as the pandemic winds down. Thank you for all those insights. I'm so excited, one, to just continue supporting Nikos. I mean, if I'm not your number one customer, I just, like, don't know who is at this point. But and then, Sasha, I do not play tennis. I did get a very cute new tennis dress. So you're going to be seeing me on the courts with you. And then, Jordan, obviously, I'm using your services for Camber and OKSIS and everything. So, so excited to get back into the world and just you know, just get back into it. Thanks for the support, Maddie. Love it. Yes, tennis outfits all time of day. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for the question, Maddie. I appreciate it. And I see Megan's on the stage. Megan, welcome. What's your question? Hi, Hi thanks. Um, I don't know if I really have a question. I just kind of wanted to make a comment and talk to you guys. Um, I came here because I'm a fan of Sasha and her Instagram. And she's one of the first people I guess I met on Clubhouse and um, just, you know, her aesthetic and artwork is really inspiring. And I think it's really cool how your personal brand or, you know, just your face or, you know, you or whatever is separate from that. Um, and you're able to kind of make them both, you know, part of your brand as a whole. And like, you can see the person in the background because everybody wants to see that. And they always preach, like the people want to you know, know the person or whatever behind it, but still your Instagram aesthetically is just like really the brand. So I don't know. I just think that's 
that's cool. And you've inspired me to start playing tennis again because I've been, you know, just in the pandemic, like not really, I don't just doing exercise in my room by myself. But yeah, I, I don't know, just kind of wanted to make that comment and say that I really appreciate your content and that you're inspiring. And I checked out all of your, the other people on the stage there, um, you know, Instagrams and brands and, and stuff. And I just think it's a cool community that we're creating here and supporting each other and talking about stuff like this. I have my personal account, which is not that exciting, but I started OnlyShins Instagram as well. It's like a meme account. And anyway, I just appreciate it. I've heard it. of OnlyShins. Tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, about oh, you have? Good. Cool. Um, well, it was, it started as like a real, like a clubhouse room and we had, we just kind of started hosting. It was like an amalgamation of like a few random people who started it. Um, and then we just got a website and an Instagram and, we have some merch and we have like a weekly or, or every other week um, room that we host. It's just kind of like a shoot your shot, like variety show type of thing. And then, and I run the Instagram. So what I do is like whoever is that there on stage or in the room or talking or whatever, I feature them. And so I'll like repost, you know, from, from their page. And so it's kind of a fun thing to all be in the room together on here, but then you, get this little notification that like only shins is featuring your shins um awesome. it was so good those like a few months back that was just like the highlight of my evenings the rooms were so much fun so megan you were such a treat to meet via this app i have to say <laughs> yeah yeah um it's it's funny i mean it's kind of like morphed into something different like we had rooms like every other night at first but then you know i don't know with people's schedules or other other things that they're interested in whatever we didn't even start it was kind of weird we didn't start out with like okay this is what we're gonna do this is our brand and vision it just kind of morphed into something and I just whatever people responded to I've tried to like keep that going and one big thing was was the Instagram because you know it's, it's hard to get people live all the time all at once like on Clubhouse for certain things but like you know Instagram I could post all day long on that so amen to that <laughs> Yeah, I got to second this. Thanks for having me and letting me talk. It was nice to meet you guys. Of course, likewise. I want to check out OnlyShins after this. Thank you. I want to, I want to, go ahead, Jordan, go ahead. Bio really caught my eye. I would love for him to come up on the stage and tell us a little bit about the the Amazon world during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Just invited Stephen to speak. You're welcome to join us if you're able to, Stephen. Yeah, would love to, would love to hear more about that as well. And in the meantime, while we wait for Stephen to respond, I want to endorse uh, what Megan was saying about the Racket Club LA Instagram because that really caught my eye as well. Sasha, how do you how do you curate it in such a way where it's so subtle how it evolves over time, but then you look back and you see this beautiful progression? What kind of thought are you putting into it? Do you use some kind of crazy scheduler? How does that all work? I had a friend who asked me this and he did not believe me and I got in a whole fight with him, but I told him I figure out what I want to post about three minutes before I post. But I use the app preview, which make, helps me move everything around. So it kind of, the word aesthetic is so overplayed, but aesthetically, so it all kind of flows and I can easily move it around. But yes, I kind of start the color blocks off with knowing a concept that I want, the color grading. I do slight alterations just in uh, Visco or whatever the pronunciation is, just to make sure it's uniform. And I kind of just keep to like a couple topics like athletic fashion, retro aesthetic, and tongue-in-cheek humor, 
and it kind of all comes together very organically and I authentically love to do it so I feel like people read that and that's what makes it so popular for people that's pretty wild that you think of these three minutes before that's awesome that's that's awesome it's chaotic energy it's not for everybody no but it makes me feel so bad about how long it takes me to to post things on my instagram (laughs) i'm just looking at it for the first time right now this is crazy that you only take three minutes it's so well so well thought out thank you very much um i wish i had i don't know better time allocation (laughs) traits but i do not (laughs) i don't think I see we have Steven on the stage now. Steven, your bio caught Jordan's attention. We'd love to hear more about what you're up to. Hey, guys. Um, I, I just came into support Sasha. I've been following her Instagram uh, since maybe her 10th post. Um, your stories are way more interesting than mine. And uh, my brother Michael's actually just joined the room and uh, I'm kind of shy in front of him. So <laughs> I'm not going to share too much. Hey, oh, hi, Steven. <laughs> What's up? Thanks for coming in. I want to hear oh, no a little about what you're up to, and your brother left, so don't worry about him. <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I, I started um, my my business uh, probably seven months ago. I was uh, working in a family business for over ten years, and uh, it was time I, I went out on my own and, and carved my own path. So I found a buddy who was in a similar situation, and. We pretty much laid out everything we're good at, which is branding, e-commerce, and pretty much just getting work done. So uh, we saw a big opportunity in the Amazon space to acquire brands that are already profitable. And, you know, it, it, it's a great business model. And uh, we just we just dove in head first. And it's, it's been really great. So the pandemic has really been helping uh, Amazon sales. Uh, all around we we started a little bit after the, the height of the pandemic but you know it's still going people are still shopping so um, it's just a fun business to have uh, in the beginning I wasn't really so into it because uh, obviously if I'm following uh, Ragnar Club LA I'm, I'm super into like she said it's played out but aesthetics and and branding and all that and when I think of Amazon it's not sexy at all but uh, it turns out there's a big push to have brands on Amazon and they're, you know, becoming more and more important as the Chinese sellers are sort of, uh, you know, infiltrating. It's important to have a brand tied to you. So, you know, it, it, there, there is some, some fun that you could have in that world as well. Steven, what kind of uh, categories do you play in? Like what kind of uh, product categories um, are the brands that you own in? Uh, yeah, so we're not looking for anything specific, so it's pretty much if a deal comes across the table. First and foremost, we're operators, so we could we could pretty much run any business, but uh, it's anything from supplements, beauty, anything really, but except for clothing and electronics, because those are super, super saturated and nothing I want to get involved in, but, you know, pet, home, decor, kitchen, things like that. That's awesome. That's super, super interesting. I feel like I've seen, you know, on the Shopify side, but also on the Amazon side, a few other companies who are trying to do this model. And I think it's so smart because you can kind of leverage the same processes, the same, you know, advertising ideas, the same uh, supply chain for a lot of these businesses and kind of get the benefits of scale by operating all of them under one, under one house. So that's super interesting. Um, yeah. And it's great sure. to hear it's going well. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm a big, big Shopify guy. I'm, uh, I've been with Shopify for, I don't know, eight years, uh, dedicated my whole life to it. Uh, so to go to Amazon was, was a bit different, but it's it's great because there's a lot of things that you don't have to deal with like customer service and returns and all that but at the same time you don't own your customers so you got to find creative ways to to sort of get the customer coming back or or getting them to buy you know the new product you come out with but it's it's you've definitely tickled jordan's funny bone with this whole e-commerce talk uh but it's it's been fascinating (laughs) (laughs) it's it's (laughs) <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's it's been fascinating to hear. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you opening up and sharing that. And uh, well, hopefully your brother can join us sometime too. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's still at the family business. He's killing it over there. So uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephen. Appreciate it. As we as we wind down, I would love to hear any silver linings from the three of you that you've gotten from the pandemic that you hope to continue afterward. If there's any new strategies or or methods that you might not have utilized before that you are excited to potentially continue afterward. Would love to hear that. I had to really think about a silver lining. (laughs) But I would say the biggest one, we touched on it last about the community part, but I just feel like my biggest takeaway is obviously everyone has been so separate. I think we were moving towards that, especially as millennials as a whole, well before this happened, this just exacerbated it. But I feel very strongly that people wanting to gather together around the dinner table, at the tennis court, wherever it may be, I just am very excited to continue to seek out and be sought out by similar-minded people that just want activities to to bring them together and enjoy being face-to-face once again and putting our phones away and just really enjoying seeing each other. So I want to push that as like the Racket Club ethos moving forward as just the connectivity of the community and coming together again. I love that, Sasha. Same. (laughs) But also had to think pretty hard about a silver lining. I guess for us, it's probably the fact that we opened a virtual wine shop. I mean, that was never in the cards for our original business plan, business model. Um, But I think even as we move forward into this year with a focus on events, we want to keep the wine shop up. It, it lets us engage more with our community. It lets our community tell us what they like, lets us feel more connected to a wider audience rather than just um, event-based clients. So I think we're going to, we're going to keep the wine shop, which is pretty crazy since we never set out to start one, but um, it's cool the way that it all worked out. Yeah. I also really love what Tasha said. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think silver linings for, for me and us, one was that the pandemic kind of gave me the push I needed to, you know, take the leap and start something. Um, and so that has been great. And it's been really interesting to, you know, live in this world where we don't have to be in the office always. Schedules are flexible. Everything is a little bit more flexible. And I think that that's going to carry moving forward with a lot of the ways I approach work. But I think the second thing, silver lining for our clients is that, we really did help a lot of companies that were really reliant on retail um, build a brand new channel on their own website, on their own social media accounts to, to drive sales. And I think coming out of the pandemic, because they were able to do that with retail, you know, hopefully coming back strong in the next few months, it's only going to, you know, hopefully take their business to the next level, having that retail back, but also this direct line with customers that they didn't have, you know, nine months ago, a year ago. So I think, you know, some of our brands really 
are going to come out of this in a very interesting and unique position where they can uh, drive sales faster with t- talking directly with their customers as opposed to waiting for wholesale POs and, you know, get new messaging out there. And, uh, you know, I think it's a very interesting uh, time for brands to um, now leverage all this new data they've gotten over the past year from online customers, but also their, their retail channels, which are about to open back up. I've been very inspired by, first of all, anyone who has the confidence to set out on their own venture, but especially the three of you, the way you've been able to handle the challenges that have come up. And, and as you mentioned, Jordan, maybe helping people who were not as well equipped. I, I think it's been, it's been awesome to witness and I'm excited to see how you, how you all carry this momentum as we get into better days ahead. At this point, I would love to let everyone know where they can keep up with you all. Uh, on our end over here on How Do You Do Podcast, please follow us on Clubhouse. How Do You Do Pod Live is our club, and you'll be notified about cool conversations like this one. We're doing them every week, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And also check out the podcast, How Do You Do Podcast, wherever you get podcasts. And we'll be posting this conversation as a bonus episode soon. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, that's that's it on our end. So Sasha, Nicole, Jordan would love to have you all plug all the things that there are to plug and where people can keep up with you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ben, for hosting this. First and foremost, this was really delightful. And my main account is Racket Club LA. It's all one word, racket spelled the old fashioned way, R-A-C-Q-U-E-T. And then the brand, I separated it like apparel. It's on Racket Club Los Angeles. So that's where you can find me. And thank you again, Ben. Um, perfect. Yeah, Ben, this was really fun. I'm so glad I got to meet Sasha and Jordan and hear about all the cool things that they've been doing. You can find Nico Small Market on Instagram at Nico Small Market. And we post all of our new wines every week on there. Um, so that's where you'll get all of that info. We are also starting to delve into the world of TikTok, which is hard. But we are trying. And you can find us at Nico Small Market on there as well. It only takes us about two hours to make a single TikTok. Um, so I only try to do it once a month. But um, it's something that I'm excited to grow as well. And you can find us at icepop.co. If you're looking to see some of our work or reach out to us, you can also follow us on Instagram at icepophq. Uh, our Twitter is also icepophq. Or you can follow me personally on Twitter at J-O-R-D-A-N-B-A-N-A-S, um, where I tweet about econ, advertising, Shopify, all the, uh, the interesting topics. And so, yeah, those are my handles. Thank you. My grand vision for the end of this summer is that Sasha puts on a Racket Club LA tournament where Nico's small market is set up with wine and Jordan and I can play in the tournament. That is my, my big dream for this summer. Let's and we'll run it. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Well, fingers crossed that we can make that happen soon. In the meantime, hope you all have a lovely evening and looking forward to connecting again very soon. Thank you. I hope you found value in today's conversation. If you still haven't left your review for How Do You Do Podcast, I'm going to walk you through the process right now, and it only takes 10 seconds. First, look at your phone screen and click where it says, How Do You Do Podcast, which is in purple. And if you're not seeing this, then you're probably listening to this on a different app. So I want you to click on where it says, listen on Apple Podcasts, and then you'll see the purple link. Click that. Then you'll just scroll past all the previous episodes to where it says ratings and reviews. And all you need to do is tap the star on the far right, and you've left a five-star rating. 
I thank you in advance for taking the 10 seconds to do that. And I really, truly appreciate you listening to this episode. Thanks for sharing it with your friends and followers. And I'll see you back here next week.